Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep, getting to sleep while you're in the right place. Because sleep with me is proud to present Game of Drones, the Game of Thrones podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with an episode discussion. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. The way the podcast works is it's going to create a safe place where you can put aside any stuff going through your brain, thoughts, you know, ponderings, stu- brain stuff. That's, uh, usually that's when I put it best as I put it simply. Brain-related activity, ego-driven might be the superego, might be the id, might be the um, ego minor, ego major, um, superego, ego minor, ego junior, ego senior, ego the third, whatever it is. We're going to distract you from that with an episode discussion. And all you need to do is listen. We're going to carry you off into dreamland. Because as the episode discussion goes on, I'm going to talk about stuff. Then I'm going to talk about some more stuff. Then I'm going to... Go on and on about some other stuff. Then we'll take a, like a, kind of like one of those drift off into whether you're not sure if it's real or imaginary kind of discussions. Next thing you know, you'll be waking up. You'll be rested. Hopefully you'll be in a better mood. You'll be more available to help the world with whatever wonderful skills, whatever natural talent and don't let that brain, I can hear your brain stuff starting up again, telling you I'm not, I'm. I'm not talking to you, but I am. There's something important you need to do. It might be minorly important. And if you're rested, you're going to do it better. You might have a puppy or an old dog or a child or an old person or a young person or just a friend in need. Friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> so any of that stuff, I want you to be rested for it. If this is your first time here. You, you might be ready to press stop, and maybe you should if you think this is strange. But I'm not here to, I'm just here to help you fall asleep. And I kind of chit-chat like this, and then I'll talk about Game of Thrones, and then I'll drop a little uh, sort of pounce on your head, and then whatever. This is a podcast, have a little fun. Maybe you have a little giggle, or a snort, or a guffaw. And then you relax, and you say, okay, I can trust this guy. Obviously... He's not, uh, I'm not here to, you know, try to talk into buying any bullshit. Uh, cause I don't even know, I mean, what kind of, I mean, what, what kind of bullshit I should be selling. And, uh, I've tried that and failed. I didn't sell bullshit. I sold something else. But, so don't worry. I'm just here. I'm, uh, this is my skill set. I'm a, a talker. I'm not, I'm actually not good at inter, interpersonal relations. But uh, mouth to micro, mouth to microphone sounds dirty, but uh, whatever. So that's if this is your first time here. Oh boy, uh, maybe you should listen to another episode first. But uh, that's it. We're here. We're a podcast. To put you asleep. Sundays we do Game of Drones where we talk about Game of Thrones. Tuesday, Thursday we have other episodes for you to check out. So that's it. We're on the web www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Slash drones for Game of Drones episodes. No slash drones for general sleepwithmepodcast.com stuff. If you need to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at 
uh, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, at Dearest Scooter on Twitter, Facebook, and you can post comments on the website. Facebook uh, and Twitter seem like most people get a hold of me those places. I tried, uh, this is Thursday evening, tried to put a blooper up earlier today and failed on Facebook. So I'm trying, folks. So that's it. Uh, please get a hold of me. Please, if you're listening and you're not asleep or, you know, in, in wind-down mode, if for some reason you're at your workbench or you're having a cup of coffee, giving this a second listen, being like, did that guy really say that or was that a dream? Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're not in non-sleep mode and you can go over to iTunes, review and rate us there, really appreciate it. It helps uh, other people find the podcast. Apple's got some stuff they're cooking up. This phone, phone, phone 6, iPhone 6. They got the iPhone 6 uh, Big Dog Plus. They didn't consult me, of course, on the nicknames for the phone. But, you know, sooner or later, Tim Cook's going to come calling me. And if I have to whisper sweet nothings into his ear to get him to fall asleep, to get into his bank account, I will consider it done. Uh, well, where was I? Um, I don't know where I was, but so that's it. I think I was in the middle of explaining something. Oh, if you can review and rate us on iTunes, big help. And uh, that's it. Um, let's get on to the rest of the stuff. Like, you know, usually I pause it here. I'm just checking the thing. Our podcast theme is by Christopher over at soundslikeanearful.com. He's about a podcast called Sounds Like an Earful. It's a lot different than this podcast. It's thought-provoking. It's uh, got more than one person on it. It's, it's funny. And it's the kind of thing you'd listen to while you were awake. This, and it makes you just go, hmm. Or be like, I can't believe that. Those are some of the things I've done. And then I'm, a lot of times I'm riding my bike while I'm listening to it. So that's one place I give a high recommendation. So sounds like an earful.com. We have this podcast has a Lord and a lady. John, Lord Jonathan, Lady Shannon, I salute you as always. When I remember, as always, when I remember, uh, well, if this is your first time at the podcast, you might be like, whoa, this podcast got a lord and a lady. Do I need uh, do, do I need to, you know, be indebted to them? What do, do I have to believe something? No, it's a it's a complicated situation. There's a ticker tape machine that I take a lot of my orders from. If you don't know what a ticker tape machine is, don't worry about it. But it decided that Lord and Shannon and Jonathan would be the lord and lady of the podcast. And then all its great wisdom, you know, ticker tapes machines are like this dome. It's got some brass in there. It goes so respectable machine. Uh, so that's why there's a Lord and Lady, the podcast. And this kind of stuff, if you're nice, you get it. Another nice thing is that Jennifer and her husband, Scott, are going to help out, help the podcast out with a little something uh, they're working on. So I want to thank them personally. And I want to thank all you that have chatted with in the past couple of days on Twitter, Facebook, email, and websites. I thank. Thank you, guys. Uh, I love you. And uh, your support means a lot to me. And I'm glad you're listening. And for, I'm glad the podcast is working for some of you. Because otherwise, why would I do it other than to just keep my lunacy uh, you know, going, which is a good, re- I mean, a good enough reason, I guess, but it could, it's good that this can help you or someone. 
So that's it. Uh, I think that's everything. All right, let's get on. Let's keep this. Let's keep this train moving. Tonight we're talking season one, episode three. Lord Snow was the name of the episode, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Lord, Lord and Lady, uh, Canadians, Americans, and everyone else, Swedes, of course. I don't know why I just picked those three countries. No, I'm not trying to knock any of your other countries. Um, wow, this Game of Thrones. And it really is a pleasure to be able to do this Game of Thrones podcast. And it takes a lot of work. But this was this Lord Snow episode. We are we are packed tonight with uh, stuff to talk about. Now I watch, in, in Game of Thrones fashion, I watch the episode on a Sunday night. I take notes. I had seen the episode once. It had been a while. And I take notes, and then I look over the notes, and I say, okay, let me do some. Now, but after I watched this episode, I enjoyed it, the episode, but I was like, oh, gosh. Actually, I didn't say gosh. I don't use that kind of pleasant, uh, not offensive language, but let's just say it. Um, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to cover this week. There's nothing about, like, where I can look up and just drone on and on about, like, light bulb filaments or stuff like that. But Game of Thrones, you got to give it some time. You got to let it. And there's so much that came out. It's like, give it a day or two. Relook the notes. Let's do some stars or, you know, smile it. Let's do a little um, doodling. And then, boom, we got a, a action-packed show tonight. Or not action-packed, but dullness-packed, soothing-packed. So I'm run through the episode, and then we'll uh, go through our table of contents type thing and then keep moving. All right? Lord Snow. So I wish I had the ability, like that dude, the jerky dude at the Night's Watch, to be like, Lord Snow, or whatever he says. But I really like the, that the episode's called Lord Snow. And then we have the Stark Bannerman riding into King's Landing with palm trees. Very, very nice symmetry there. I really liked that. And we have a meeting of the small council. Let's just say Jamie. We have Ned running into Jamie's jerky ass at the Iron Throne. Talking about the death of Ned's brother and father and Mad King. We meet, uh, I think, for, maybe not for the first time, but maybe. I'm not sure. We meet Vo- Vo- the spider, Lord of Ars, Varys, Varys, Renly, Baelish. Grandmaster, Maester, I always get that's another word I have trouble with, Maester, Meister, Picel. And someone says, I think, I don't know if it's Baelish or Vars or uh, Renly says, we're the lords of the small, we're the lords of small matters here. Ned's like, I just want to get some sleep. They talk about being in debt, about a tournament. Then we get little Joffrey acting like a baby. He knows he's a coward. And Cersei says to him, the truth is what you make it. And then the, she talks about him. You are my darling boy. And something like one day the world will be exactly as you want it to be. Or you'll make it or something like that. I think, jo- you know, Joff's, Joff, not the brightest kid, so he probably take, he might be taking that advice the wrong way. And then she says, everyone who isn't us is an enemy. Very Cersei. Yeah, a little Arya and Sansa. 
Ned gives uh, Sansa a doll. She's like, Dad, you know, I'm not a little girl. Give me a break here. And Ned says, war is easier than daughters. Yet Arya busted with her sword needle. Little ladies shouldn't play with swords. I don't want to be a lady, Dad. You know, haven't you got it? I'm a tomboy. Check my hair. Check my mannerisms. Jeez, take some time to spend some... I know you like me, Dad, but get to know me. (laughs) I don't know where that tangent came from. Ned has a little advice for us. He says, in the winter, we must protect ourselves. You were born in the long summer. Now winter is truly coming. Get this old lady talking about Sir Duncan the Tall and cruising black, very black and white. She sees things. Crows are all liars, she says. Not, not some crows, all crows. Another one, a night that lasted a generation. Then you get Rob coming in and talking about this blue-eyed giant that uh, in season four comes up again, that we all live in the eye of this blue-eyed giant, and that's why the sky is blue. He has the name of it, though, Macumba. I forgot to look that up. Oh, boy, that was a piece of important piece. Bran, crushed by his injury and um, the loss of use of his legs, says he'd rather be dead. Understandable reaction, especially for a child. We get a shot of Caitlin the Capitol running to Baelish. She really throws a fit. She meets Vars. Knowledge is my trade, is what he says. Find out that daggers Tyrion's from Baelish. Go shoot over the Night's Watch. We see Lord Snow, which is a demeaning nickname, kicking ass. Now, Lord and Lady, not demeaning nickname, just to be sure. Lord and Lady, the podcast. And but Lord Snow, you know, maybe it's uh, also uh, it's jealousy a little bit. But I'm not jealous of Lord and Lady either. It's um, all out of uh, so I don't know why. We get Mormont, 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 and Tyrion talking. Then we had a Pycelle bringing the Raven's note in for Ned. Then Baelish, Snow and Tyrion talking about Gren and Pip. Really like that. Uh, talks about Gren being abandoned or something and Pip stealing cheese for his sister. Back to Peter Baelish. Peter has helped us find the truth. He's like a little brother to me, Ned. And we get Cersei and Jamie talking about Bran again and, you know, Jamie crudely referring to his sister's private parts. And just Jamie, man, you need, somebody really needs to smack some sense into you. We get a nun, Caitlin, saying the goodbyes. Then we get Robert, Jamie, and another dude, I forgot his name, head of the King's Watch or the Knights, Knights Guard. Knights what? No. Head of the Kingsguard, the old guy. They're talking about first kills. Ned, Ned or uh, not Ned, uh, King Robert's all glory days. Glory days are past, past you by, bro. So that was kind of a little bit sad. You know, he's drinking his wine. A little depressing. Get a little taste of Lancel Lannister serving the king's wine. Robert kind of being mean to Jamie. And them all talking about their first kills. Get the Dothraki going through a field of what I think was bamboo. And then they stop. His brother, you know, the dragon, stirs up some trouble. And he's forced to walk by the Khaleesi. 
We got Jon Snow up at the top of the wall talking to Benjen. Benjen's out. Then we get Yorin and Tyrion laughing it up, talking about um, poor and unwilling soldiers. Get Khaleesi learning the language, and she's pregnant. Baby alert. Jorah. Oh, this part I really like was Jorah and the Stothraki guy were talking about their fathers. And uh, I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was like an episode. Like it was almost like they were coming up with an idea for a new sitcom. You know, like my two dads. Uh or like my two, my our dads, the killers, or something. I don't know. I'd ha- I'd have to explore more. And then it's like Khaleesi have a baby inside her. It's a blessing from the great stallion. And we get Tyrion, Mormont, and Amon talking. Winter. They're like, buddy, we need some help up here. Khaleesi and the Cal, Cal Drogo talking uh, baby talk. And then we get at the beginning. I think the first. Maybe the first urination scene, maybe not. First urination scene I remember from this season, which are a long line of good urination scenes, but probably a classic of uh, Tyrion pissing off the wall. Great, great. I mean, who wouldn't do that? I mean, maybe you wouldn't because you'd be worried about it freezing, and that would be no good, and you don't want frostbite down there, believe me. And Tyrion has another classic Tyrion line. If you're going to be a cripple... It's better to be a rich one. And we have Arya meeting her dancing master, uh, whose name, I had another name I'll struggle with, but it'll come back up, Flurio or something like that. He has a good line. It is as heavy as it needs to be to make you strong. It's like something we should repeat in the morning, you know? It's as heavy as it needs to be to make you strong. I mean, you're gonna, you know, you'd have to reward it if we were going to make it into some cult-like uh, saying that we use, which that, you know, I prefer it is known. It's much more easy to remember and stuff. But just, you know, a little life lesson, I guess. There you go. Pro tip. It is as heavy as it needs to be to make you strong. Pro tip. That was a joke like three years ago. Uh, nine year, For nine years, he was the first sword to the Sea Lord of Bravos. Is there a landlord of Bravos? I don't know. All men are made of water. If you pierce them, the water will leak out and they will die. And then Ned has a little bit of a, it's a little sad. He has a little bit of a flashback. And you see him pained by some uh, post-traumatic stress, which we know is a thing now. And I know there's people that listen to this podcast that I have great respect for that are on both ends of this PTSD thing. You know, the somnia is a part of it. I don't mean to get all non-Game of Thronesy, but, um, you know, it's something that a lot of people are suffering from. We have listeners that are helping and, and, and are hurt by it. So, and I hope that this podcast just gives you a modicum of relief uh, to the symptoms that might not solve the underlying difficulties you're facing. And people face PTSD, not just from war, but from a lot of other traumas, too. So, you know, if you do, you know, I hope you're getting some professional help, too. There's people out there that want to help you. So, and you're not alone. So that's the main thing. I think you take away from the podcast, hopefully, instead of reminding you. But, uh, you know, I want you to know you're not alone. 
if you're suffering from something like that. And, you know, we're, we're here for you to give you a little um, distraction, I guess. Oh, boy, I just heavy the podcast up, but it's a, something that needs to be said. Uh, and you're important to me, listeners, seriously. I respect those of you on both sides of it. So, thank you. And let's let's move on. Let's move on to some distractions, shall we? All right, so here's what we're going to try to cover tonight. We're going to try to talk about a Mediterranean climates and diets. Like, what a what is a meister or meister? Burger meister. Meister burger, burger meister. Uh, what, like, I, I was curious what work it takes. You know, who the hell are these guys? Who the hell are they? We're going to talk about songs with lady in the title. Have a visit from Sir Pounce, of course. Maybe check in with Jamie. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, our first episode of uh, Talking Targaryens. We're going to cover, hopefully, fifth time, military and poverty. We're going to find out a little bit more about that dancing. Serial Pharrell, maybe, is his name. I don't know. I'll know it. I have it in the notes here. And that's it, okay? So I hope I help you fall asleep, okay? Thank you for giving me the chance to do it. So the first thing from this episode is Mediterranean climate. The Starks are from the north. You see them roll into this place. It's a Mediterranean climate, I think. I think I read that somewhere. I didn't notice it. I'm not a climatologist. Is that what they call um, a meteorologist either? But I know there are such things as climatologists. But let's talk about a Mediterranean climate. I went over to Mediterranean Guardian Society, Org. And what is a Mediterranean climate? This is by Heidi Gildemeister. Wow, that is weird. It's G-I-L-D-E-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, Gildemeister, right? Gildemeister, Gildemeister. It is generally accepted that the Mediterranean climate occurs in southern and Southwestern Australia, Central Chile, Coastal California, and the West Cape of South Africa around the Mediterranean Basin. The largest area with the Mediterranean climate is the Mediterranean Basin, which has given the climate its name. Although stretches of Mediterranean coast in Egypt, Libya, and Tunisia are too dry to be thus classified. More than half of the total Mediterranean climate regions occur on the Mediterranean Sea. Mediterranean climate regions are found, roughly speaking, between 31 and 40 degrees latitude north and south of the equator. On the western sides of continents, they can extend eastward for thousands of kilometers into arid regions if not arrested by mountains or confronted with moist climates, such as summer rainfall that occurs in regions of Australia and South Africa. The most extended penetration goes from the Mediterranean Basin up to western Pakistan, some areas of, areas of Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan, the source of our many cherished bulbous plants. In contrast, the Mediterranean areas of California and Chile are constricted the east by mountain closes. Mountains. Mountains. This is not the case for Australia and South Africa where monsoon troughs may bring summer rainstorms. In fact, the Mediterranean climates for regions of both Africa and South Africa have important but unpredictable rainfall in the summer, a factor that has given a significant effect on the vegetation. Seasonality of the Mediterranean climate Differs, differs pop profoundly from northern southern latitudes. Writers, especially 
Those from the north tend to rave about the attractive features of the climate, such as one continuous summer, ever-blue sky, everlasting sun. But those that live in the Mediterranean, near the Mediterranean Sea know these descriptions are not accurate. Or in the Bay Area, where it's friggin' foggy, and we got friggin' uh, a marine layer. But it's still wonderful. In most Mediterranean regions' climactic changes are pronounced in the autumn after the summer drought and dormancy. The yearly life cycle of plants starts anew, like the awakening in spring that follows winter dormancy in the north. As I write, in late autumn, the day is radiant and warm and garden work is a joy. In the winter, periods of rain alternate with, alternate with warm, sunny days. We know that after three days of howling winds, during which one closes all windows, turns inward, and appreciates the solid walls of one house, one can expect mild, sunny days. Later, the splendid spring is brought about to the abrupt end by hot, dry winds and rising temperatures, which cause seeds. So this is more gardening stuff. So that's from Mediterranean Garden Society. Let's check over at Wikipedia any bullet points I can hit you with. Uh, the Köppen climate classification says that dry summer subtropical climates are often referred to as Mediterranean. Under the Koppen Geiger system, sea zones have an average temperature above 10 degrees Celsius in their warmest months, an average in their coldest between 18 to negative 3 degrees Celsius. Majority of regions with Mediterranean climates have relatively mild winters and very warm summers. However, winter and summer temperatures can vary greatly between different regions in a Mediterranean climate. In the case of winters, for instance, Libsyn experiences very mild temperatures in the winter with frost and snow practically unknown, whereas Madrid has colder winters with annual frost and snowfall. In the case of summers, for instance, Athens experiences high temperatures in the summer. In contrast, San Francisco's friggin' freezing because of the upwelling of cold subsurface waters along the coast, producing regular summer fog. Because most regions with a Mediterranean climate are near large bodies of water, temperatures are generally moderate with a comparatively small range of temperatures between the winter low and summer high. So that gives you a little taste of Mediterranean climate just because we've uh, got a lot to cover this week. Let's just touch on let's just touch on this Mediterranean diet we hear so much about. This is from the Globe and Mail, like a Canadian paper. Uh, maybe it's Toronto's paper, I'm not sure. But it's uh, from the Globe Health Advisor. It says uh, the Mediterranean diet isn't just about what you eat, it's how you eat it. This article is written by Maria Recupiero. Recupiero. Diet, when most people hear the word, they think of uh, restricting calories. However, the real meaning of diet comes from the word, Greek word dieta, which means way of life. If we follow... Blah, blah, blah. An exception is a Mediterranean diet exclusively studied and known for its cardiovascular benefits. The description of this way of eating is keeping with the true meaning of the word diet. A Mediterranean diet com compose, encompasses an attitudinal, cultural, and lifestyle approach to eating. In addition to what is eating, one considers how and where we eat. Focuses largely on plant-based foods without being vegetarian focuses on the experience of eating, taking time to prepare food and sitting down at a meal with others to enjoy the experience of eating food are key features of this approach. Study has shown that the Mediterranean pattern of eating, I like that better, Mediterranean pattern of eating, which is not as packageable, but 
It lowers risks of heart attacks and stuff like that. Plant foods, olive oil, um, protein sources like fish, red meat is low and lean, rabbit poultry, pork, dairy, fermented cheese and yogurt, limited processed food and sugar. All right, so that's a Mediterranean diet. I don't think I enlightened you at all, but I did. Hopefully, I bored you. All right, we're, we got a lot to go to. So just keep it, let's keep this show on the road. Again, I said that it is known. All right, Meisters, I shot over to a wiki of ice and fire for you guys. That's my favorite, awoiaf.westeros.org. And I looked up Meisters. Meisters are an order of scholars, healmen, healers, and postmen, and scientists who are trained at a school called the Citadel. This is Game of Thrones uh, lore. House Hightower was integral, integral, integral. I, obviously, I wouldn't have got into the Citadel. Maybe for my magical ability to lull people into sleep, though. They probably would have just burned me at the stake. Uh, they've helped to found the Citadel, and the House Hightower continues to patronize the Order. As advisors to the Westerosi nobility, Meisters have largely supplanted the Alchemist Guild. They're sometimes called the Knights of the Mind. The Citadel is an impressive structure in the city of Old Town. is considered the home of all the Meisters. Here they undergo their training from the time they arrive as novices until they retrieve the status of Meister. At the end, of, they're given some... The entrance to the Citadel are green marble sphinxes. Organization, the Meisters are scholars, scientists, learned advisors to nobility and occasionally pseudo-religious researchers in the occult. Males of any age may begin training as a Meister. Females are not permitted. Jerks. Noble families. I mean, these guys just roll with the rich anyway. Noble families in Westeros sometimes send their younger sons to the Citadel. A bastard may study at the Citadel and become a Meister. Hey, Jon Snow's too tough. And that other bastard that we'll run into later on, he's just never, you know. The Meisters, like the Brothers of the Night's Watch, are considered to be servants of Westeros and all its people and have no political allegiance, right? After finishing his course of study, a Meister is assigned to a castle, a keep or other holding, and is loyal to the people of that place as a mentor, healer, and advisor, regardless of changes in control of that holding. Interesting. That's really interesting, actually. They're, they're loyal to the real estate and not the people. Really, I didn't, that's that's powerful information we just got. To this end, a man who earns his chain is stripped of his family name and from that time on is known only by his title and first name. Grand Meister Picel. Got Meister Amon. Then we got the dude in the north. I can't remember his name. The Grand Meister is considered the senior member of the order and serves as representative to the king. He can only be made or unmade by the conclave. He sits on the small council and acts as the king's advisor. Grand Meister wears many inter interwoven Meister chains to indicate his high office, but these don't reflect his true studies. Gems are woven in the chain. Pycelle has been there 40 years, and you, but his loyalty, loyalties lie with the house Lannister in the realm. No, no, no. If he's a, the guys must be mixed up. 
His advanced ages slowed him down. He dozes off. And that's like detail. Archmeister, the perceived meister of any area of study, is given a mask, ring, and rod, and the title Archmeister and corresponding medal to signify his expertise. For example, an archmeister who specializes in ravenry will have a mask, ring, and rod made of black iron. Archmeisters are the sing- senior members of the order. Okay, meisters begin their training as novices once they begin their study. Having seen as proficient in a particular course of study, they're tested. Pretty standard stuff. It has been not known until completed study in the subjects. You get a, each a link in your chain to be worn around the neck, and they consider it advancement. No longer a student, but a, but a peer. The night before the acolytes swear their vows to become meisters, they must stand vigil in a vault with a black glass candle. He is allowed no lantern or any other source of light. Unless he can light the candle, he will spend the night in total darkness. There have been whispers that the meisters have held much more power and sway than they are ready to admit. Archmeister Marwin suspects they had a role in the demise of House Targaryen's dragons. Some consider most Meisters to be categorically opposed to magic and its influence on Westeros. The collar. The collar signifies the Meisters not serve as themselves, but instead the servants of all of Westeros. The collar consists of links of metal. These metal, these chains are formed from every metal known to man. Blah, blah, blah. Practices and observances. Meisters chiefly communicate through messenger ravens. These ravens are trained specifically for one route, for example, for a message that must be sent to Castle Black, the Meister uses a raven from the Castle Black cage. One of the typical duties of the Meister is to care for the Keep's ravens, a special breed of white ravens that are larger and more intelligent than average, are maintained at the Citadel for important communications. Meisters constantly monitor the seasons. When the seasons are about to change, they send white ravens to spread the announcement throughout the realm. Meisters who are skilled in astronomy... Often watch the skies in a study. Okay. That's enough. That's enough of that Meister stuff. All right. The next thing up is when uh, Arya said, you know, what if I don't want to be a lady or whatever? And then her and Ned were talking. It made me think about lady. And there's so many songs with lady in the title, like all the single. So I want to, you know, go through because I love songs. I love I love songs. I love song titles. So I went over the New York Public Library's website because they got a nice little uh, way to search for titles of songs. Let's just run through it. Uh, some of these you're not even going to know. This is a Silver and Gilbert and Sullivan song, Isle Lady Sophie. Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady. That's by Schrock. Baby, baby, I know you're no lady. Be my lady. Beautiful lady in bull. Blue. <laughs> Bullfighter is a lady. Cakewalk, your lady. Cosmopolitan lady. Cowboy and the lady. Dance little lady. Dark lady. Delta lady. Disco lady. Disco lady. I don't know if I know that's by Davis Scales and Vance. Don't cry, lady. Dragon lady. Dream lady. Dreams of the summer night. My lady sleeps. It's by Longfellow and... Something. Dude looks like a lady. That's from uh, Tyler Perry and Child, a.k.a. Aerosmith. 
dude looks like a lady. Edie was a lady. First Lady Waltz, dedicated to Miss JFK. The First Lady. That's by Berlin, 1962. From production, Mr. President's. Foxy Lady. Boom, bam, Hendrix. Golden Lady. Goodbye, my lady of love. Good news for the lady. Goodbye from Lady Billy. Green-eyed lady, something lady. I don't know, lady of Guantanamo. Have you ever been to Electric Ladyland? Hello, hello, who's your lady friend? Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. Here's to my lady. I don't want to be a lady. That's an Arya song. I love a lovely lady. I want a rich lady. I'd rather be a cowboy, ladies' chains. I might be by John Denver. I'd rather be Charleston from Lady Be Good. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. I didn't know there was actually a song called that, but it's by McElroy and Foster. Just Be My Lady. L.A. is My Lady by Sinatra. Lady. That's There's more than one. There's a lady by Goffin and King. I wonder if that's by Carol King. Lady from Lady and the Tramp. That's by Fine Penner and Wallace. Lady from Kenny Rogers. By Richie. Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. Sorry, I don't sing. Lady from the Little River Band. Lady Angeline. Lady Be Good. Lady Bird. A.K.A., you know, First Lady Johnson. Lady Blue, Lady Chatterley's Lover, Lady Dances, Lady D'Arbonville, Lady Down on Love, Lady Down the Hall, Lady Fair, Lady from L.A., Lady Gay, Lady Godiva, Lady I Love, Lady in Blue, Lady in My Life, Lady in Red, is dancing with me. That's not the right key. I've never seen you looking so lovely. It's from the Working Girl motion picture here. Lady in Red by Louis Prima. That's from In Caliente. Lady in the Tutti Frutti hat. Lady is a tramp. That's why. Lady is tramp. Lady is waiting. Lady Isabel in the Elf Night. Lady Jane. It's by a, it's a stone song. Huh? Lady lay down. Lay, lady, lay. Lay, lady, lady, lay. Or something like that, right? Lady likes to love. Lady love me one more time. Lady Madonna. It's a Beatles song. Lady Magdalene. Lady Margaret. Lady Marmalade. Oh, yeah. How's that? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Sachois. Free your lady marmalade. Ba-boom. 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 Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Lady Midnight. Lady O. Lady of Carlisle. Lady of Guantanamo. Lady of my heart. Lady of Niger, Lady of Spain, Lady of the Evening, Lady of the Island, Lady of the Lake, Lady of the Snow. Lady, play your mandolin already. Lady Samantha, Lady Sylvia, Lady Sings the Blues, Lady Sings the Blues by Billie Holiday. Lady was made to be love, Lady What's Tomorrow, Lady Couldn't Be Kissed, Lady Willpower, Lady with Fan, Lady Oh, Lady Chains, Ladies in Love with You, Lady Maid. Lady Not Home Today, Lady, Lady, Lay. Oh, that's it. That's by Dylan, huh? Lady, little lady make-believe, little old lady, little old lady from Pasadena. 
I know that one. Lonely Lady. Lonely Lady number 17. Louisville Lou, the vampin' lady. Lovely Luana Lady. Luck be a lady tonight. Lucky lady. Lucky ladybug. Lydia the tattooed lady. <laughs> oh, man. My Lady Lou. Lady likes to love Mississippi lady. Mother was a lady. My beautiful lady. My cigarette lady. Hey, did I tell you about my cigarette lady? My fair lady. My gal is a high-born lady. My lady. My lady loves to dance. My lady, my love. My lady of the Nile. My lady's dress. My little lady. My lonesome little Louisiana lady. My something lady. I can't pronounce my sweet lady. Naughty lady of Shady Lane. Nellie was a lady. Nellie, i.e., was a lady. No orchids for my lady. No way to treat a lady. Oh, lady, be good. Oh, my lady. Oh, lady. You be mash. Old lady, you be mashing me toe. Old laughing lady. One more time, lady, love me. Pink cocktail for a blue lady. Yeah. Placey's apple lady. Poem for my little lady. Pretty lady. Proud lady. Quiet, please. There's a lady on stage. Uh, freaking what's your name? That star that got arrested. Quiet, please. There's a lady on stage. Railroad lady. Red roses for a blue lady. Rich Irish lady. Sad-eyed lady of the lowlands. Salmon lady. Say, young lady. Oh, boy, that's trouble right there. Sentimental lady. Shady lady bird. She's a lady. She's a lady. Oh, whoa, whoa, she's a lady. By Paul Anka. Shimmy like a lady. Man, there's some good song titles in here. Some wonderful sort of someone from the lady in the red. Something about love from lady in the red. Somewhere out there, our lady peace, sophisticated lady. Oh, <laughs> sophisticated lady. They know, that's wrong. Special lady, sweet lady, sweet lady, Mary, sweet painted lady. I wonder if sweet painted ladies relate to the sweet tattooed, oh yeah, tattooed lady. Thank you, pretty lady. There will always be a lady fair. This lady's not home today. Three times lady. That's by Lionel Richie, right? Three times, once, twice, three times a lady. I'll always be around. Treat her like a lady. Ukulele lady. Walks like a lady. Wave to me, my lady. When a lady meets a gentleman down south. Oh boy, that is dirty. When a Why lady? <laughs> Sorry. Why lady, why? Winter lady. That's not dirty. Winter lady's about as undirty as you get. You are my lady. You're a lady. So there's you are my lady and you're, you're a lady. And that's it. Thank you, New York Public Library, for uh, being so searchable. Thanks. Hello. This is Tommen. I'm happy to be back on the this um, communications area. I'm, you might, might remember me. I'm Tommen. Some call me Prince Tommen, young Tommen. And my best friend is the legendary Sir Pounce. You may have heard of Sir Pounce. And his best friend, Tommen, of course. 
So I'm here, I forgot, I forgot to come back for another tale, another tale of Sir Pounce, brave Sir Pounce, strong Sir Pounce, hardy Sir Pounce, whose feelings have no feelings, unless Sir Pounce feels like feeling them. He doesn't have to not choose and walk around feeling weird, I guess is the word, and wondering what's going on with him inside and why it feels so strange, and no one bothers to explain it, because they don't need to explain it to brave Sir Pounce, because he's so brave and strong. He's a hero, Sir Pounce is. He's my best friend. In this, my friends, is a tale from long ago. It's called The Tale of Sir Pounce and the Second Son. One Many, many, many years ago. Now, Sir Pounce, you might say, well, how long does, does Sir Pounce, as, as all of you know, the cats have seven lives. So Sir Pounce was on an early life of his, but he was still brave. He was still strong. And he lived in a land called, he lived in a terrible land called uh, Ping, Ping's Land, Ping's Landing Land. And poor Sir Pounce lived there. And Ping's Landing Land was ruled by a terrible, terrible, beautiful, so so beautifully but terrible queen named Cicely. Cicely. She ruled the kingdom. And not only was she a queen, but she was a head of like a septon, but a woman. Strange, I know, but Sir Pounce does not tell lies. And in this kingdom, Ping's Landing land, you had no choice but to believe what the queen believed. And she prayed to one strange god, the sun god. And she said, oh, son of my sons, you are the the one true son, the son of my heart. You're my darling son, son of my sons. She was talking about the sun in the sky, believe it or not. And all the people of the land that had to believe the same thing the queen did, or she would send you off, send you off into a, a place where you'd be doomed. And in, she called it your room, your room, uh, with a Cecily would send you there. And horrible things would happen, strange noises and beasts, horrible beasts would come for you. So Sir Pounce was living in this land, and one day he heard of a poor innocent man a northerner who had wandered into town named Sir Duncan the Tall. Now, he's from the north, and the people at the north, the queen says they're not so bright, and they're naivai, naivai, and that means they fall for tricks easily, and then they're, they're dull, she said. And Sir Duncan the Tall was no exception. He came into town, and he had a name, Sir Duncan the Tall, for he was taller than any man who had ever lived. He was very thin, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a giant, like uh, strange men that visit the queen at night in her, her chambers and leave. Mountainous men. He was more of a, like a stout walking stick tree man, but he was human. And he was Sir Duncan the Tall, and he came into town from the north. And they said uh, at the gates, 
who is the favorite son of all of us in the world? And he said, why, what, 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 S-O-N or S-U-N? And they said, oh, who do you think you are? He said, I'm Sir Duncan the Tall. And they said, well, who, what is the, what is the God of all the gods and the most praised and the most favorite and precious to the queen and the rest of us? And they said, just answer the son. And he said, which son? And they said, what do you mean, which son? And he said, there's two sons. Don't you know that? And they said, oh, no, there's only, there's only one son. To the queen, there is but one son, the sun that shines in the sky. And that is the only son and the only God and the only thing other than the queen we can praise. So you have to praise the sun, Duncan. You look, look like a nice enough chap. So just say you praise the sun. Duncan said, which son? There's two sons. Can you not see the other sun? It's just below... You know, it's just on the edge of the earth. If you go somewhere high, come along, and I'll show you. We'll come to the top of the castle. And he took these two soldiers to the top of the castle because they worked on an outer gate, and they were probably from the north, and they are impressed with, you know, whatever. And they went to the top, top of the castle. And when they got there, Sadunket said, Look, look off in the distance. Just at the edge of the earth, there's another sun. And they said, oh, we can't see it, Sadungan. And Sadungan said, well, maybe I can see it because I'm so tall. Here, I'll lift you up. And when he lifted the man up, an arrow struck him in his throat. And then Sadungan was surrounded by soldiers of the queen. And he was taken for arrest for blasphemy. For the queen somehow had known. He had brought word of the second son. And the queen said, you can only love one son. And she sent a decree throughout the kingdom that everyone that praised two sons would be executed and Sir Duncan would be executed the next day. Now, Sir Pounce, our hero, Sir Duncan's not our hero. He's just a means to get to our hero. Sir Pounce happened to be out being a hero. He saw a young boy steal a piece of cheese for his sister named Pip. And the queen sent her guards and they grabbed this Pip and they locked him in a cell. And then this poor other boy, Gren, had been left all alone by a mean farmer who didn't love him or something, such thing. A father that wasn't around, that uh, had other interests like places called brothels and drank so much wine that he became this fat red thing. And he said, every time... Poor Gren tried to talk to his father. He said, blah, 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 blah. What kind of boy are you with your thumb sucking? And Gren was sad. And he was so sad, the queen had him arrested for having a frowny face. She said, the son does not like frowny faces. So poor Pip and poor Gren were locked away, and they were carried away by the queen's guard and our hero Serpent said, what are you doing with these men? This is not right. Poor Gren. He just has a frowny face, for he's sad. For he just wants a father to spend time with him and say, you are loved as much as any son in the sky or older sons that are high. You know, you're loved, Gren. And I just want you to come here with your papa. And this poor boy, Pip, he's just a cheese stealer for a his sister, unlike, unlike, like, let these men go. 
And the queen's god said, no, we will slay you and these men. Who are you? And Sir Pounce said, I'm brave. Sir Pounce, how dare you not know who I am? I am the man who has come to set things right, it seems to be, in this kingdom called Ping's Landing and Land. And I won't stand for it, but they threw. Someone snuck up behind Sir Pounce and hit him on the back of the head, and they threw him in the dungeon. So that was how Sir Pounce came to meet Sir Duncan, and here's tale that I just told. So was Sir Pounce and Gren and Pip. And Sir Duncan told Sir Pounce's tale, and Sir Pounce said, Do you think the first sun or the second sun keeps us warm? Because I love the warmth of the sun. But I don't know if it's the sunshine or this other sun you speak of, Sir Duncan, the tall. We will investigate this sun together. I'm sorry, Gren. I'm sorry, Pip. Tomorrow you'll be taken to the Night's Watch where you'll live your life out at the wall. But you'll have some cheese and some male companionship, and I'm sure it'll be fine for you. Probably, maybe not, but it's better than here with this bad queen and stuff's about to go down. So good luck. And then brave Sir Pounce sm- called the gods, and he said, Hello, I'm Sir Pounce. And the god said, oh, we, uh, we, the queen told us all about you. You're no good. You're a troublemaker. Just like that Sir Duncan the Tall. And Sir Pounce said, do you want to hear a trick? And he purred. And these men had never heard a cat purr before. And they said, what is making that sound? And Sir Pounce said, is it my throat or is it my body? And they said, we, we, we've never, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm Sir Pounce. I can purr on command. They said, what kind of witchcraft is this? Sir Pounce said, it's no witchcraft, it just happens to be a strange phenomenon among cats. And I'm a cat, but I'm also a hero. Now, why don't you, you wouldn't believe how good it feels to just pet me and feel me purr. Go ahead and do it through the bars. And the guards tried to pet Sir Pounce a bit through the bars. And Sir Pounce would, would purr a bit but only a bit because it was hard to pet him through. He said, well, if you if you open the gate and you you could come pet me, it'll feel so good, it'll relax you even more than ale. You know, that is drunken wine that made that Gren's dad so crazy and unpredictable and scary, but not scary to Sir Pounce. No, no, no. And so they opened the gate and they petted Sir Pounce and he purred and he purred. And soon the men nodded off and drifted off, and then Sir Duncan the Tall hit them on the head. And then him and Sir Pounce left the cell, closed the door, and locked it. Now Sir Pounce said, Oh, I'm sorry, Gren, I'm sorry, Pip, your lives are not for me to live, but I need to investigate the sun situation. And so Sir Pounce climbed the castle ramparts and went on the shoulders of Sir Duncan the Tall, and he saw on the horizon at the next morn that there was not one sun but two. One was a very low-lying sun, and the other was one that shone in the sky, and it was very bright. And Sir, Sir, Sir Pound said, I just want to check with you, Sir Duncan. We're not inside a giant, do you think, are we? Sir Duncan said, oh, no, no, that's an old, you know, nunnery tale. Sir Pounce said, oh, goodness gracious, good. And so then 
Sir Duncan the Tall said, What are you going to do? And Sir Pond said, Well, you notice I see something in that sun. It's not, has no substance. It is not a sun. It is a moon. Sir Duncan the Tall had never heard of a moon. It's merely reflecting the sun that sits on the low horizon. And this, we must turn around or something. I am not sure, I don't understand all of it, but that sun is keeping us warm down there. And that is just some thing reflecting the sun. It does nothing other than reflect the light of the sun. You see, so Duncan the Tall, because you're so tall. And this could all be confusing and, and, and mind-numbing. Then Sir Pounce had a plan. I'm not going to tell you the rest of his plan. Until next time, in the rest of the tale of Sir Pounce and the tale of the second son, who was really the first son, because the first, second, first, it doesn't have any substance, you see. So, I'll just tell you the end of it. What happened was that Sir Pounce and Sir Duncan took the queen up to the top of the ramparts, and she saw both the sons. And Sir Pounce explained to her what he knew about moons and the maester. Maester, the maester was there. And he, he happened to be the uh, maester that knew about moons, the moon archmaester or some such thing. And the queen was crushed when she found out her son that she loved so much that she praised to heal the emptiness inside her left by the king who was so, like, because once she was married to Gren's father, that's another secret, I just told you the cruel, you know, oaf that did nothing. But anyway... The queen said, oh, I'm so devastated, I'm so crushed. And Sir Pound said, my queen, let the second sun melt your heart and warm it and teach you how to be kind and generous. Free all your people from your dungeons. I'll send some people to the Night's Watch, of course. And let them choose, the, should they praise the second sun or the old gods or the new, let them choose. It's called religious freedom. But it will also free your heart, queen. Now you can go praise the second sun, the real sun, the one that is warm and, you know, loves you and wants you to be safe and, and not so harsh and, and not so strange and unpredictable and, and say things that your, your second son does not understand. And the queen, at first she was sad and she apologized to the second son every morning for years and years and years and cried and cried and said, I was so wrong, I was so wrong. That son is nothing but junk, but you are the greatest son in the world. And that would, that's kind of the fresh, the quick version of the end I will leave you hanging of the tale of Sir Pounce and the second son, which is really the best son, the real son, not the favorite son that's just a moon, nothing but a cold rock, empty inside probably, not at one of those moons filled with dragons or a sun filled with dragons. But that's it. Thank you. And remember, Sir Prance is brave and strong forever. And he protects his best, 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 best friend, Tommen, from all the strange things that make Tommen feel strange inside. And are you, are you okay? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Sir Prance is in my lap now. Good day. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to welcome you to the pilot episode of our latest Westeros' latest talk show. Westeros' latest daytime show. We don't have a theme song or sound effects yet or a studio audience, 
but I want to welcome you to Talking Targaryens, the talk show where we talk to Targaryens. We talk, we, we talk, we could talk about Targaryens, but we talk Targaryens, and we talk to Targaryens. And I want to welcome our first guest. He's, uh, uh, you know, we don't really know anything about him. I don't barely have any notes in front of him. And I'm not sure about his name. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome everyone to welcome Vis... Viserys? Viserys? Targaryen, come on in, come on in. Welcome, the Beggar King. I am the dragon, not the Beggar King. Okay, well, I'm sorry, it says here in my notes, uh, I'll talk to the productionist and it says you're the Beggar King here. Oh, I'm just getting a note from your PR person. I'm sorry, dragon. Viserys... Tar- Targaryen, third of his name, king of the Andals. Oh, you're qu- king now? R- Ronar and the first men, lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm? Really? Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, would you like to get... Oh, no, sorry, this is my show. And uh, I'll do the asking of the questions. Thank you. Uh, is it okay if I call you Dragon. The way you're asking questions, you're sure to raise the dragon. Oh, that's, uh, you mean the little dragon, or do you have a dragon? I am the dragon. Okay. All right, first question. Let's see what I have here. It says here that you're an exile, and your father is, I have trouble with these, Eris Targaryen, Eris the second Targaryen. And your brother was Rhaegar. Now was what was one of them? Was that one of them the the Mad King or something? You dare! You're waking the dragon as we speak. Okay, like is you got the dragon in the parking lot? Because you saw when we came in here. Probably shouldn't keep a dragon outside. This is not the best area, and it might already be gone. You dare! Joke with the dragon? Oh no! This is a talk show. Okay, let me look through the notes again. So you had your mother, and you were exiled. Your father and your brother were killed by Robert, Robert's Rebellion. And I love your hair. Who does your hair? The dragon's hair is done by nature. Oh, do you you use, like, some sort of honey wash in that hair? What should I do? Thank you. Yeah, it's very dragony with the, the, you know, platinum your eyes are purple. Your face is, uh, are you on a diet or something? You look very skeletony. It's like almost, you're, you're one or two steps past, um, square jawed and stuff that, uh, that the people seem to like. I mean, I, I know you're the dragon, you're whatever, the king of the Andals. I'm not sure what the Andals are into. It's actually my first day on the job. I did got this by, uh, they just said, you want to do a darking, dark hair? Are you, why do you whisper to the dragon? Oh, oh, okay, I'll just move on. Now, it says here, your brother Rhaegar was defeated upon the trident, your mother, and you ran to Dragonstone. Very king, very king-like. You want to preserve your life, of course. And then your sister was born, your mother, oh, your mother passed. I'm so sorry. And then you were smuggled to Bravos. Before Stannis Baratheon's assault on Dragonstone. Now, quick question. Who do you hate more, Stannis Baratheon 
or Robert Baratheon, which Baratheon, or the third one whose name escapes me. Uh, but he's he's the nice one. But the other two, well, Robert's nice, but he's more jovial. You know, the other one, you can have a conversation with him, but I can't remember his name. Stannis, oh boy. It's like, uh, you know, have you ever chewed, have you ever been to the north, have you ever chewed on a piece of ice? Well, who do you dislike most, Stannis or Robert? Oh, that dragon despises both, but the usurper is, uh, actually, I've never thought about it. I hate Stannis quite a bit, too. They will both feel the wrath of the dragon when I have my army and the people rise up to praise me. Oh, the people? Which people are going to be rising up to praise you? All the people of the Seven Kingdoms know I'm the rightful king, the heir to the throne. Who's the king right now? I never, I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff. Like I said, it's it's just a good opportunity for me. Okay, so then you hung out this guy, Sir William. Is that Willem? Willem? And he died. Well, that's too bad. And they kicked you out. And then you wandered the free cities. Some rich people. You're capitalizing on your fame, dragon? Do you do any dragon-like tricks? This is an interview show. You know, when you, ideally, when we get this kicked off, we'll get the Mad King, of course. That's what I'm really shooting for. No offense to you. But, uh, you know, we'll have an audience and stuff. But this is, I'm sorry that you had to come here. It's a little embarrassing. But uh, did you really, do you have a dragon outside? Is it, why, why, why am I here? Well, you're here to, uh, we're, we're, I'm trying to help you. You know, this is a P, good PR, good, uh, we'll get, get the word out to the people. What do you want to tell people? What would you tell the people that, uh, you know, that you're waiting for in the kingdom to rise up for you? What words would you leave with them? You will serve the dragon and the rightful king. Okay, well, that's uh, powerful stuff. Any words of inspiration, though? Do not wake the dragon. Wow, this is not... I almost want to treat this as a hostile interview. Let's let's just close this out. This really... You're not, uh, you're not giving me much to work with here. This... this this or whatever your name is. Now, what houses... What kingdoms do you think would help you out? Well... I know the Tyrells, the Red Wines, the Dairies, the Greyjoys, and the Martells would be loyal to me and rise up against the Usurper. Okay, Tyrells, I've heard of them. Red Wines, maybe. Dairies, Greyjoys, you could have them. Believe me, they're, uh, they, don't, they, don't, they don't believe in bathing. They're, I'm trying to think who's dirtier, the, uh, the Freys or the Greyjoys. Do you, do you have an opinion on that, Dragon? Who's dirtier? Great joys of the phrase. Who's got greasier hair? And I know what they say about those bravosi too, but what do you think? Put you on the spot. You, uh, uh, you, 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 uh, right? The great joys are unbathed, aren't they? Unwashed. Yeah, they live on an eye. You know, they live, they're isolated. So Martell's, I want to, I get a good feeling. I think I know Martell. Oh, was that Bradley Martell? Martell's Prince. Martell's. Oh, is that? Oh, it's a Tyrell. You know, I'm not sure. I may know Martell, but I can't think of any. So the red wines. I think is that the Linda, 
Linda Redwine, she, she wrote a diet book, right? The Dairies, I don't know them at all. So those are the people you're going to rise up with. All the people will rise up for the dragon. Okay, well, dragon, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, considering this is the pilot, you really, we this was the guest we booked, really. We couldn't get anybody else. This guy, other, it, this is a radio show, so the Platinum Air is not even going to play. And just all he says is, don't wake the dragon. You're waking the dragon. You know, I could really care a lot. You think you're waking the dragon. I mean, if you're talking about dragon in your pants, keep it in there because I'll rip it right off you, buddy. But if you're, I don't know. Okay, well, I want to thank everybody for coming to the first episode of Talking Targaryens. I can promise you the next week. Can we promise them next week we'll have the Mad King? We can't. Why do we have a... I don't care if the Mad King's dead. We have the Roost Bolton. How do we get this guy here? A fantasy fiction time machine. We will... I can almost promise you we'll have the Mad King and we'll have... Uh, we're going to do it. We'll do the, this show. Well, you know, this is just our first episode of Talking Targaryens. We'll be talking Targaryens next week. And I hope you're here to talk Targaryen with us. Thank you. Great. That was That went terribly. And that you, Dragon, can you just leave? Can somebody drive him back to, uh, where the hell are you from? Wait a second, you can't even, you're not even allowed to ride a horse. We let this guy in the fantasy fiction time machine? Don't let Kyle Drogo find out about this. He should have had to walk here across the our undisclosed location. Alright. You're, you're kicking the dragon? Wait, I, I was told, told I'd gift a gift bag. Don't give him a gift bag, please. Please. Just leave. Thanks again for uh, talking Targaryens with us. Whew. Okay, well, folks, you win some, you lose some, you know. And when luckily it's a late segment, maybe you're asleep. But that was interesting. Uh, when, you know, we, we're always trying new stuff here. Hopefully we'll get that Mad King booked. But now, all right, folks, so the next after that, we'll, we're going to talk about this guy, Serial. Serial. <laughs> I apologize. Serio Pharrell. Serio Pharrell, according to our buddies over, as always, A-W-O-I-A-F, Wiki of Ice and Fire, Westeros.org. Serio Pharrell is a Bravo from Bravos, a master fencer and former First Lord of Bravos. He's a slight bald man with a beak of a nose. The day the first old first... Sword died. The Sea Lord of Bravo sent for Sirio. Sirio, upon learning of the Sea Lord's presence, was asked about the cat. The fuck? Claimed to be from a far-off land seated on... Oh, wow. Oh, Sirio, upon entering the Sea Lord's presence, was asked about the cat. Claimed to be from a far-off land. Was asked about the cat. Claimed to be from a far-off land seated on the Sea Lord's lap. Sirio answered him truthfully, telling him that he had seen cats like that a thousand times in the alleys of Bravos. Because he saw the reality of what the cat was, he was named for Sword. I don't know what that is, but Edward Stark, as we know, hired Sirio to teach Arya Stark to use her sword. Needle, brever- believing the slender blade would suit the Bravosi water dancer's style, Sirio trained Arya using wooden swords filled with lead. He mentored her on how to move and think like a warrior. 
couple other questions you might ask. What's the first sword of Bravos? The first sword of Bravos is the chief protector of the sea lord of Bravos. Thought to be the finest swordsman in Bravos, he is often chosen because he is the most observant of the Bravos. Who, you might ask, is the sea lord of Bravos? Sea lord of Bravos is the rulers of the free city of Bravos. He's a cha- his champion and protector is the first sword of Bravos. He resides at the Sea Lord's Palace. Statues commemorating past Sea Lords and their achievements align the canals of Bravos. The office is not hereditary, and when a Sea Lord dies, a new one is chosen, and knives will come out. A little uh, piece of history here. We're just talking Martels, and we're talking Targaryens. Many years ago, Prince Oberyn Martell traveled to Bravos, where Viserys... Tar- Targaryen and Daenerys Targaryen were being kept by Sil- Sir William Derry. Oberyn and Willem signed a secret pact which the Sea Lord of Bravos witnessed, promising Viserys the hand of Ariana Martell in return for Doran's help in claiming the Iron Throne. The name of the Sea Lord who witnessed the pact was never mentioned. So, we do have some Martells. I can whoever the interviewer was during the talk in Targaryens. Maybe they were being a little feisty about the Martells or the, Ty- the Tyrells. But uh, it says here that, yeah, there might be some secret deal going. So that's Sirio. That's the first sword of Bravos. Uh, he's a pretty cool dude, you know, so far. And we'll probably see more of him, but I really like him. I really like the Bravosi style. And he seems like a good teacher and, you know, very uh, Eastern almost in his methods, like almost like you expect him to do some samurai sword action. But I don't think he will. That'd probably be unacceptable to Ned. That'd be too weird. But, yeah, so that's it. That's Serial Pharrell. Serial, I want to call him. Some Bravo cereal. I wonder what the Bravos eat. They probably eat like iron for breakfast. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it on cereal. Cereal. Oh, I just uh, sorry. I was about to press play when that hit me. Cereal. Oh, That's a Phil Collins song. Susudio. No jacket required. I think is the album. So let's just say the word. Oh, just Sirio. Oh, so 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 Sirio. All right. Well, I didn't get anything. So, all right. So always, it's time for my prayers. Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, uh, Jester, and uh, you know any other any other, any other guys that might be listening in. Those are just the guys I'm praying to right now. Before I get, you know, we'll give you guys an update on what's going on and praise your names and all holiness. As always, my heart goes out to many others other than me first. I just want to say a prayer for uh, George R. R. Martin's Jets, the New York Jets. They're a football team, gods. Uh, Barky, you pray. I don't know why I think, I don't know, Barky, did you check out Guardians of the Galaxy since last week? Yeah, it was, I guess it's a one-way conversation, but uh, I just want to, you know, give him some support. Eric Decker's on the team, so I like him. 
And uh, George R. Martin seems to really like the Jets. So if you could help them, you know, make sure that they do okay, that'd be great. That's one. Two, I got this guy working for me trying to do this show called Talking Targaryens. And I just want to say a prayer for him because he, that it goes better next time for him. He tried, and I respect that. And maybe my expectations are a little too high for it, but the segment was a disaster. And I just want all your support for, you know, maybe we could do, so gods, could you help out with that? I guess I'm just trying to, so that's, I normally I pray for some people on the show, but I know I'm not allowed to interrupt the flow of George, you know, I can help out with George R. R. Martin's football team because that doesn't affect the, uh, you know, the natural history whatever the, you know, the rules that I undertook when I discovered the Roost Bolton, you know, fantasy fiction time machine. I was thinking, though, it's a fiction fantasy machine, not a fantasy fiction, fan fiction, fiction fan. I can't remember what we were calling it originally. It was powered by, you know, my ruining of Roost Bolton and some, a little bit of flayed man, not a, not a whole lot, but just enough. So, Gats, um, Miller, it's mostly for you. A little update. So I went up that, remember I met that guy with the messed up teeth. And I was in a, I was in the uh, creek bed. And he's telling me that these crazy loggers blocked off all his stuff. And that he couldn't, you know, mill stuff anymore. And then I was worried that I was breaking bad. But I said, you know, don't worry, I'll get your water going. Because, you know, as long as you're going to praise the Miller with your true heart of hearts. I'm on it. So I went up the creek bed after I talked, right after I talked to you guys. I, I slept first, obviously. I couldn't sleep in the the mill because that guy was totally creeping me out. He had, uh, you know, when some people's eyes are too wide. I don't know if you guys have noticed that on humans. But there's, there's a tendency, some people, their eyes are really wide open. And you're like, are you just trying to, and then they never get more narrow. It's like they're opening their eyes to see something, but then they never narrow on them. And it bugs me out, makes me, I mean, I know I'm supposed to trust a Miller because he's, you know, one of your people. He's a Miller or a mill, mill guy who runs a mill. I think those are Millers, but, uh, so, but his eyes just bug, they call them bug eyes, I think. But I think bug eyes are when your eyes are bugging out. These are just two open eyes. And not in a good way, like he's like taking it all in. I felt like he was taking a taste of my soul in a kind of pervy way, but not, not a sexual pervy way, some sort of soul-related perversion, I guess. I'm not sure, but I didn't. I couldn't sleep there. So I went up, slept in the creek bed, woke up a deer was licking my face. That was nice. Thank you, uh, all gods, especially the crone, I guess, because it had terrible breath like a, you know, like an older person might. So, yeah, I went to the creek bed. I got up the next day. Yeah, got got my stuff together. I don't have much stuff. I don't have those boots. So I don't know if you guys seen what I'm wearing on my feet. It's not the nicest, but whatever. Trudge up. I get a view. This guy's talking about this logging situation. I get up to this dam. It's got rocks. It's got stones. They got the creek dammed. And then they got the water going back in the they got the water diverted to this bigger river down the side. They got this whole waterfall situation going. And the parky, 
You know, close your trees for ears for this one, man. They're chopping trees down. Put them in the river. Like the fake river they have. I don't know. You guys don't have theme parks. I know. It's, they haven't been invented yet. But a standard theme park ride is this thing called a flume ride where you get in a log for fun and you go down like a flume, they call it. And I think this is how the loggers used to do it. These guys are a little bit they're just doing it in the dirt. They didn't have the wooden flume. And it didn't look nearly as fun as the one. Uh, like Disneyland's got a good one. I think the... I don't know. I haven't been on one in a little... Well, no, I think I went on one in Legoland, maybe. A lot of times you get wet. Some people don't like that. Um, But whatever, guys. You should check it out. Except for Barky. But Barky... Actually, in this situation, Barky, you could because these trees are fake. The ride, the theme park ride, flume ride. But the situation here, Barky, was that the trees were real. So then my rage inside me for these people had heard of Miller already. You know, they're chopping trees down, Barky. And these were, I was was crazy with rage. Um, I didn't see if any trees had any faces. So I don't know if there are any like direct face people or these were just regular run-of-the-mill trees and I don't know you know Barky we haven't talked so I don't know too much about it so I don't want to assume these were your people if you got like some you know I don't know if trees can be racist I don't I'm not saying you're a racist Barky but or like ant I don't know what you'd call it if you're a tree you know and you said oh I hate the birch trees because they're so whatever that's you know in my world that's not acceptable behavior Barky and uh, so I'm assuming that because since you're a god, of course, and you're an old god, and the children love you, so yeah, you can't be hateful. Of course, what am I thinking? Sorry, Barky. I'm just down here on earth. It's crazy. Shit's crazy. So you wouldn't believe it. So yeah, I know you love all trees. Sorry about that, Barky. I apologize and all subservience. But so anyway, I don't really have to apologize because I was rageful. And I tried to pull apart the dam they made. I figured that would screw everything up, but I don't really have the manpower. I was solo. And then I was figuring it was like almost Friday or whatever. I don't know what you guys call it around here. But I could tell all the loggers were getting ready to cut off. They are already drinking some wine. Sunning themselves. The foreman-type dude had gone down to get next week's supplies or something. These guys are just camping out, so I did a pretty standard thing. You guys, I love this. I, t- I went and got crazy, crazy, you know, bug eye, well, whatever, wide eyes, messed up teeth guy. I said, hey, listen, you you know, you want some water for your mill? He said, of course I do. I mean, he didn't say like that. He said, blah, blah, blah. He's talking forever about stuff. I don't even know, but I said, listen, I grabbed my shoulders. I said, can I go to this? There's a bunch of loggers up there. You know, at, tell them about the legend of the tree beast. And, you know, tell them, make up, this is the story. You're going to tell them about this tree beast that ate your kids and your wife because you used to mill trees in your, your millstone because as you found some tree that you can make bread out of, just some bullshit like that. And tell them the tree, you know, what are they doing? And, you know, try to scare them. Mostly, you know, got to say a lot because they'll be scared of you. And they'll think you're driven to madness, but I don't, I don't think you're so crazy that they might buy it. 
So he went up there, he told him that. Listen, he did a pretty good job, believe it or not, talking about the tree beast and, you know, wreaking havoc. So then I uh, hid out in the woods. I was making sounds. I can't make them now, gods, because I'm trying to be holy here, but making, like, whooping beast-like sounds and shaking trees and throwing stuff. And these guys, they were loaded, so it was a little bit easier. It wasn't like they were... And I don't know, they were smoking some kind of stuff that hopefully they did not buy from this mill guy, but whatever. So then I said, uh, whatever. I said, you had a couple nights of that, the tree beast, and then the the Monday came or whatever, you know, beginning of the work week, and the foreman shows up. He's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, what have you heard about this tree beast? And the guy's like, get to work. So that couple more nights I harass these guys more from far away, just once or twice a night to wake them up. And I could tell they are a little bit tired. And then I waited till weekend came. Foreman left. He's like, you know, you're not leaving, whatever. Uh, I'm like, you know, I'm a f- whatever. He went back, got some more supplies. So I did it. scared the guys one more time. The next day I got in this outfit, like, uh, where I look kind of like a, uh, kind of like a wandering minstrel priest wizard type dude. I was like pretending I was a down and out maester. And I've, I've put some chains on, and I wandered into camp. I cut my face, got beat up, and I walk in, and I'm chewing on a twig, and I stumble into camp. And the guys are like, what happened? What happened? And you know, I tell them I was eating this tree tree twig, and then I'm, next thing I know, I'm beat up. And they said, oh, there must be, we heard about this tree beast. And I said, oh, good God, you, you, there's a tree beast here? I got to get out of here. They're like, what do you mean you got to get out of here? I'm like, I'm like, that's the most horrible beast of whatever. These guys were total rubes. You wouldn't believe it. Jester, you were, you were, you would have been loving this. And they said, what should we do? I said, well, let's drink some wine, man, because I got to calm my nerves. And I said, you guys better do it too. And so then we drank and it was hot and sunny and boom, I was pretending. Said, you know, I can't handle it anymore, so I was faking it. But these guys, they were drinking, the sun's beating down. And I tell them, I said, you know, the, the only thing the tree, you know what tree beast hates is water. Because uh, that's why it's out to get you. You're watering all these trees. And it's something about the bark and the tree, you know, tree roots are fine. But I guess bark touches water, burns the tree, and causes a pain. So this tree beast thinks you're torturing the trees. And I'll tell you what we got to do is, uh, and I'm willing to sacrifice myself, is uh, I'll bathe in this this pond you got going here where, the you know, you're backing up this creek and it's flowing down into your river. And, uh, you know, the tree beast will come get me. And then you just, you guys got to like uh, break down this dam and then it give way, like, right in, if we, like, get it broken up. Or you guys got any stuff to blow it up there? Like, yeah, we got some of this uh, stuff we bought off this freaking other failed maester called Quicksilver stuff or something, and it'll blow the dam, believe us. We've blown, you know, we, we blew up a couple of trees, and then, we, and then whatever. So, I'm like, you guys just keep drinking. Let's get this stuff before the night falls. I was like, I'm just going to sit in this pond eating stuff, and you blow it, like, right when, when you hear the beast sounds. So I get in the pond, 
And then uh, I'm like, uh, I told the dude, tooth, tooth eyes, to, you know, go. I taught him how to make the sound. And so he's going around, make the sound. They blow the dam, washes down the river, restored. And uh, these guys had booked because they knew the foreman was going to be mad. And then I just started, I, I said, I started this big fire. I burned all their stuff up. And um, unfortunately, uh, I read some of the books they had. They were big into uh, some of the new new gods, but not. I think to the mostly for the uh, like the maiden and like the knight and the mother and the father type crap. No offense, maiden, um, but um, so that's it. The water's flowing. This guy's mills back. Now, there was some strange sm- smells coming out of his mill, Miller. So I don't know if you're going to need to smoke him. If he's, whatever those guys were smoking, I don't know if he's cooking that up in there. Because I said, oh, I'd like to see, your, you know, I love bread. And I'd like to see your operation. He said, oh, I'm fresh out of bread. And then I tried, you know, whatever. And he said, you're banned from my mill. Get out of here. Or, you know, I've, I've seen it in your soul. Um, I don't know. That's about it, gods. I did that first mission. Mission accomplished, kind of. I mean, mostly. We've got a mill restored for you, Miller. So your name is raised up uh, a little bit more. Barky, that was kind of like a twofer. Maybe a triple shot because uh, Jester, there's a lot of funny stuff. Um, so I also have a sliver that I got when I was chewing on a tree branch in my mouth. Don't worry, Barky, it was a dead tree branch anyway. So that's it, guys. Um, so that's mission one. So I'm 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 gonna go back to wandering, and uh, next week I should have my next mission for you. I'll be praying. Be thinking of you, mate. I mean, Crone, sweet sweet Crone, Miller, Barky, Smith, Jester. I'm here serving you with servitude. Again, I'm praying for other people like the Jets and Tarkin Targaryen's TV show which would be nice. I mean, if you got it on TV, that'd be cool, probably. Well, not in its current form, but maybe someday. That's it. I'm just your servant. Again, I'm, um, I, haven't, I didn't meet any ladies on this trip, you know, that be any need to be jealous of any goddesses out there. But, yeah, I'm mean, lonely. I mean, not in a, in a, not in a lonely, sad way, but in a lonely... Uh, you know, if a goddess, you know, pretend you're a goat, show up, turn into a goddess. Um, you know, we, we could you just start out with some, you know, heavy petting, move on to some uh, whatever. I'd like to see those some of those moves, the Khaleesi. But that again, that's just this. Uh, that's not neither here nor there. I'm just talking out loud. Sorry, gods. So that's it. It's been an honor. Helping you out, praising your name on these missions to glorify you all. Mission one done. Water restored to the mill. Weird guy cranking stuff out of his mill. He's got, I mean, bar, I'm sure you saw this miller, but that, that water wheel, it's a turning. So guys, I want to leave you with that image of the big wheel. Keeps on turning. Proud miller. Keeps on churning. Mississippi something running downhill. Show a lot of doula lay. Uh, proud 
Miller keeps on milling something, something. So that's it. Um, I'm proud to serve you all. I'm your champion here on Earth, plain and simple. I mean, they got that. Sea of Water Bravos has got champion. I don't even know if you'd call Jamie Lannister a champion. I would not, but, you know, maybe some lame god would. I mean, you know, these humans. Embark again, I don't think you're a racist tree or anti-treeite or whatever you want to call it, a birchite. Uh, that was just a mistake. I was just projecting on you because I deal with all these crazy people down here. You know, like the freaking hounds, both the real hound and the fake hound. They're uh, prejud- probably more prejudice. So that's it, God's brain on humble servitude out. Uh, praise your names in all glory and honor. I'm your uh, servant. Amen. I forgot, I don't know if we'd say amen anymore, but I'm out to serve you more. Totally the best. You are the gods that are the best. Thanks.